Hello, this is Sean Leary, and this is QC Uncut, the number one rated podcast in the Quad Cities, offering uncut, unedited, uncensored conversation with local newsmakers, artists, politicians, all sorts of people of interest. We always cover the most interesting and controversial topics here in the Quad Cities, and we can do it at length and in detail because, as I mentioned, we're uncut, uncensored, unedited. I press record, and we have a conversation, and that's it. So you hear everything. Any flubs that I make or anything I screw up, you hear it here on QC Uncut. And anything my guests say, you hear as well. So you get everything in context and everything, all the details that we speak of. And today is going to be an interesting show because I'm going to be covering a topic which has been in the news quite a bit lately, and it is a controversial topic. And it is the topic of the Rock Island County Courthouse, which... um, some folks want to see it demolished and see a new courthouse uh, put up. Other folks would like to see the current courthouse renovated and um, reused in either a different capacity or in the same capacity. So I invited people from both sides of the aisle to come on this show. Um, As of yet, I have not heard back or have been rejected by people who are um, for the courthouse being demolished. Um, I'm not going to mention any names of who I asked or who rejected my overtures, but no one from that side has said, yeah, sure, I'll be on the show. Ideally, I wanted to have a person from each side on the show at the same time so they could have a discussion and a debate on the the issue. However, that is not going to be the way it's going to shake out. I'm going to have somebody who is for the renovation of the courthouse on now, and we will have a lengthy discussion in regard to it and hit up on all the topics. And then at some point in the future, if somebody steps forward and wants to come on the record and wants to talk to me and answer any of these questions at length about it, they are very welcome to do so because, as always, with QC Uncut, we want to give the whole picture so that people can listen to the whole story and make up their own mind based upon the facts and what they've heard. Not just sound bites, not just snippets, but everything. And so... In that spirit, I would like to introduce Bridget Ehrman, who is the president of the um, Broadway District, Broadway Historic District Association here in Rock Island. Um, Bridget is for the courthouse remaining and for being renovated, um, and she is part of that contingent of people who are um, fighting to keep the courthouse the way it is. So, Bridget, thank you so much for agreeing to appear on the show. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. Now, let's get started with, let's start at the beginning. When did this first come up? When did you first become aware of it? And what got you involved in regard to it? Well, um, you know, if you talk to the county board members, I guess it's been something that's been in the works for years. Um, But I was only made aware of it um, just in this last year. Um, I joined the Rock Island Preservation Society, and um, it was one of the big things that was being, um, you know, talked about, basically, um, that the uh, county of uh, the county board... um, you know, was looking at demolishing it because they weren't able to um, find other viable options for it, and they had already built the new um, courthouse, and they didn't see a need for it anymore. Um, and so I, um, you know, became alarmed that they would, you know, tear down a building um, just because they didn't see a need for it. And so, you know, I uh, we started reaching out to different developers. Um, to repurpose the building, um, and we found several inv- investors um, and developers that were willing to uh, work with the county, um, and that's that's kind of where we're at right now. We have um, several investors. Uh, Joe Lemon is one of them. Um, he, in the community, has had several successes um, with restoring historical businesses. He restored the Abbey Station in Rock Island um, and the Abbey um, Addiction Treatment center in Bettendorf as well who and both very successful and he has um, historical renovation projects in all four states or in four states um, and so he you know has a pretty successful track record um, he's you know one of the people that has offered to buy and repurpose the courthouse kind of as uh, you know one as kind of a 
a service to the community because he respects um, historical preservation, and two, because um, there's money to be made in it for investors. Um, Illinois legislature just passed um, tax credits for historical renovation, so um, a project like this um, would be available for not only federal tax credits, but also state tax credits. So this kind of thing could actually be lucrative for a private developer. Now, what was Joe looking at doing with the building and what other developers were looking at the building and what were they looking at doing with it? I mean, obviously, it's a huge building. How many square foot is, uh, is you know, available there in the courthouse building? I don't want to misspeak about the square feet because um, I'm not exactly sure of that off the top of my head. Um, however, what Joe wanted to do with it, um, he had a, a proposal um, that basically was calling for a blue ribbon panel of community um, people, including people on the county board, people on the Rock Island City um, administration, like the mayor, and anybody who, um, you know, would be interested in adaptive reuse of the building. So basically, he was saying he would, um, you know, redevelop the building for what the county needed. Um, he would provide the expertise, and then he would try to get input from the community about what they needed there, basically. Um, you know, he's done, um, in all of his restoration projects, um, he said, despite popular belief, I guess, um, that the courthouse is decrepit and falling apart, he said it's in the best shape of any of the other historical renovation projects that he's ever taken on. Um, it's just unfortunately we're kind of battling the, uh, the public's misperception of, of what old is and what old means and what can be done with buildings that were built to last um, centuries. Um, you know, there's different there's different kinds of old and, and Joe understands that because of his expertise, but it's, it's not something I guess that's widely known um, in a throwaway society like ours. Now, let's get into that. When was the courthouse built, and um, what are some of the challenges? I know a lot of times with older buildings, it's lead paint, asbestos, things of that nature. Um, what are some of the challenges in renovating it? And again, what, what year was it built? How old is the building? Um, it is 123 years old, um, and it was built... And I, sh I guess I should have had this in front of me. I believe it was 1896. Am I doing my math right with that? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so... Uh you know, as far as that's 123. Yeah, uh, if you count if you count uh, 2019, yes, it's 123. Sometimes I have so many of these numbers in my head, I don't want to misspeak. But um, okay, if the math works out, then that's that's it. Um, but uh, it's um, you know, no nobody is saying that it's it's perfect and that it doesn't need any restoration. Um, you know, it is a well known fact that the county has put off maintenance on it, and so there's some restorations that need to be done. I guess the misconception conception is that because maintenance was deferred, now the building is useless, which is um, is very far from the truth. Um, you know, all of the things that need to be done are um, things like, you know, new heating and air, new electrical, you know, new bathrooms, new plumbing, and things like that. Um, things that are not... Um, uh, you know, not anything that you wouldn't put into a new building. Um, that's, I guess, kind of another misconception and, and what, you know, what a lot of people really think that, well, new buildings are more efficient, they're cheaper, it's cheaper to build new than to renovate, which, I mean, common sense will tell you that that's not true at all. I mean, we, all the materials, the beautiful Bedford limestone and all of that, that's not going anywhere. It was built to last centuries, just like the cathedrals in Europe. And um, the interior absolutely needs you know, new updated modern systems, um, but, you know, that doesn't mean that, um, you know, it, it's not reusable. I mean, I've had, you know, county board members tell me, well, you know, have you ever been in that building? It's really, really cold sometimes and really, really hot sometimes. They can't regulate the temperature, and, and I'm thinking, that's not a reason to tear down a building. You just put in a new heating and air system, and you modernize it, and, um, you know, it, in terms of being cost efficient, um, it, it is, you know, even if, if you look at the county board site and look at the county board minutes, all of the estimates to renovate the building, some of them were a third of the cost of what it would have cost to restore or to, to build a new building. Um, and so it, the reason that they went with 
building a new building over restoring a building, um, I, I don't understand because financially it wasn't the best choice. But I think it is popular belief that, well, it's more efficient to build new, so, you know, it, it's better in the long run. But in terms of being better in the long run, you know, we spent $28 million building this new one um, when we could have spent, you know, Ten million dollars, um, which is the as you know, between eight and ten million is the estimate of what Joe is looking at um, it, for renovating the building, based on um, you know looking at the estimates on the county board's um, website. The county did solicit you know um, people to see how much it would be to renovate, and um, so he's taking those estimates and um, you know looking at them and looking what needs at what needs to be done and. It is unfortunate. I do I do understand that people sometimes like the look of things that are new, but with taxpayer dollars, it's never um, the most fiscally responsible thing to do to build new buildings that are going to last at most 50 years and then tear them down and start all over again in 50 years when we've got a building that was built to last centuries right next door um, that, you know, I guess it could be used for future uses for the county or we could put it on the tax rolls for the first time and have it redeveloped into law offices or um, you know maybe a, a private um, government you know a kind of both it could be you know used for the county and for private use um, you know a lot of people have talked about putting a restaurant there um, you know, we had other developers looking at it um, who said, well, this is the perfect location. We've got hundreds of people coming in and out per day. You know, they need a coffee shop to drink at. They need food. They need, you know, we, we've got this captive audience of lawyers and um, citizens who are who need, you know, these things. Um, so, you know, the county has talked about wanting to have a combined campus and, and eventually putting another county administration building on that same, or another county building on that same spot where the courthouse is, is one, that's one of the things that was discussed. Um, I just think they, they have, they, the courthouse has been so denigrated by the way that people talk about it. They talk about it as decrepit, um, which just isn't factual, and they talk about it as unable to be um, rehabilitated, which isn't factual either. So I think, you know, people think, you know, oh, those, those preservationists, they're just, you know, they're unrealistic, um, or, you know, they're trying to waste our money because we don't have the tax dollars for this, but, I mean, we're the ones who, you know, have the, the most fiscally responsible solution, actually. So how long has the new courthouse been opened, and how long has this one been fallow? How long has the old one been, you know, sort of sitting there? Um, not too long, actually. It was just December that the new um, annex, well, they can't call it a courthouse yet. They called it, they have to call it an annex because um, it was actually um, built with funds um, that were supposed to be um, you know that were that were got based that were achieved through the PBC and the PBC's function um, when it was developed was to build a jail. So they they can't call it a courthouse because the PBC doesn't have the authority to build a courthouse. They had to call it an annex. Um, but anyways, the annex was just opened last December, um, so the courthouse has been uh, vacant now for about a month and. Um, they're doing asbestos abatement right now, um, and if you ask Judge Broad, that um, he's publicly stated that they are planning to go through with demolition soon. Um, you know, the problem with that is um, that you know it violates state law at this time. They haven't um, gone through all the appropriate legal steps in order to demolish it. So. Um, Landmarks Illinois um, is threatening to sue um, the county board because, and Landmarks Illinois has, um, you know, a good track record in standing in court with being able to hold up um, historic state preservation laws. Um, because, you know, unfortunately, you know, it is one of those things that a lot of people make short-sighted decisions, saying, "Well, we'll tear this down because we we don't know what to do with it right now." Um, and there's, there's laws in place to prevent those kinds of short-sighted decisions. I got two words for you, and I think you're going to really like this. Walmart. 
<laughs> yeah. I think that would be a great idea. I've, I've heard that that works really well in Rock Island, tearing down a building and then trying to get Walmart to move in. I think, yeah. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. I think we have Have I convinced you, Bridget? I have, I, have. have I, you know, made you see the error of your ways in fighting this? Well, I mean, can't we just get Walmart to go into the courthouse? No, I'm kidding. But in all, in all seriousness, though. Um, now, what are... I can, I can think of the arguments if you have a... And this was sort of one of the arguments in regard to the whole Walmart debacle, is the fact that it's um, a different set of parameters and challenges to refurbish one building, and it only leaves you with a certain number of options in terms of the kind of business that you can bring into there, as opposed to if you, boom, demolish it, then it's a blank slate. You can do whatever the heck you want, and anybody who's coming in can do whatever the heck they want. And is that... I would imagine that, I mean, nobody from the county wants to talk to me about this, and I hope they do come on and talk to me about this. So I'm just imagining from their perspective that that's probably what they're thinking is, okay, we can make more money on this if we demolish it and we just have a blank slate. And we're going to be able to make more in tax dollars. We're going to be able to make more just in general if somebody can come in and develop it however they see fit. Has that been something that's been addressed with you? And I mean, have you guys looked at the numbers pro and con? Have you been presented with any numbers of, okay, potentially if somebody comes in and wants to develop on it, whether they want to build housing or they want to build a business or whatever the heck they want to do, um, how do those numbers line up versus the numbers for renovation? Because ultimately, when it comes down to it, you're going to have people who are passionate on both sides. Me, I tend to be a pragmatist in terms of things where if people show me numbers and go, okay, this is going to cost a lot less. And one of the things when I've looked into this is it seems as if renovation is going to cost a lot less. And to me, as a taxpayer, that is very attractive where I'm going to think, where I'm thinking, well, heck, if renovation is going to be a lot cheaper, it's going to save me money in taxes, it's going to bring in more tax revenue, then I'm all for that. I'm all for renovation. But if someone from the other side can say, well, if we demolish it, then we're going to be able to bring in this developer and they're going to pay X amount of dollars in taxes and in the long run, we're going to benefit from it, then that is also going to be attractive to me as a taxpayer if I don't have to pay as much. Now, there could be a little bit of both where they go, well, in the short term, I know this is a lengthy explanation, but this is something that I'm thinking, you know, logically, and I'm sure a lot of other people are as well, is short-term versus long-term. That's another thing that needs to be considered is they might say, well, renovation will be good in the short term. But in the long term, if we bring in another business that pays higher taxes, then that's going to be more advantageous from a revenue standpoint. We don't seem to be getting that laid out for us. I would like to see that. I would like to hear that argument of, you know, to hear both sides from a logical perspective, from a financial perspective, both short term and long term. What's going to be more advantageous? Has that been something that's been addressed with you and with any of the other folks who are, you know, um, pushing for preservation in regard to this? Well, um, uh, yeah, that that definitely gets a little bit off topic, and but it goes with the Walmart thing you were talking about before. Um, but the county basically they don't want to sell that land, and and that's part of the problem. That that is county land, and county the county um, wants to tear it down and make it a green space. Um, they don't plan on selling it. Um, they, you know, wants they, basically their argument is. Um, the county is is broke. They've been in the red, um, you know, and had a multi had a multi million dollar deficit for for a while now, which is why they raised our taxes eleven point nine percent last month. Um, and uh, they, you know, they can't pay their bills, and they're, you know, they've had some serious mismanagement problems for a while. Um, so basically, the, their only argument for tearing down the building um, is that. They, as a county, with tax dollars, can't afford, so they say, they can't afford to um, maintain this old building. Um, you know, Kai Swanson has said that um, it's, you know, it, it's too expensive to maintain. Um, what I'm confused about is, you know, why 
if it's too expensive to maintain, um, we can't sell it to a private developer because that is actually the only way um, that the county would make any money. They're not looking to make money. They're looking to, um, you know, take money. The original intent was to take more of a financial burden off of themselves, and so they didn't want to maintain this this building because now they have this new building that they spent $28 million on and they have um, a lease for that. It's going to actually cost us $108 million over 30 years to pay back the bonds um, for this new building that they built. And so they're saying, you know, we've we've already spent too much money on the new courthouse. We don't have enough money to save this building. Um, and, and that's where, you know, you realize kind of that something fishy is going on because there. See, that doesn't make any sense to me because yeah. when I when you heard when I heard green space, I'm thinking, how the hell are my taxes going to be lowered by a green space? You can't tax a green space, you know, I mean, unless some altruistic millionaire is coming in to go, oh, I'm going to I'm going to do this just out of the kindness of my heart. I mean, me, if you said to me, if someone from the board said to me, hey, Sean, we know you got your, your property taxes are mega high here in the county and in the city and everything else and we want to level this spot which is the walmart argument which again when i had discussions with folks about you know mayoral candidates with people on rock island you know the city council about the, the walmart project i could see their the rationale i just didn't agree with the fact that they did it without a contract from walmart which i thought was ridiculous but i could see the rationale in regard to hey we leveled the spot that's going to make it far more attractive to developers yeah you're right it is and i could see again i'm playing devil's advocate as i always do because there are people out there listening and they're gonna go what about this you know and i need to be the play the other side too because i want to hear how you respond to it and my argument would be yeah if you level it then it's going to be more attractive to developers and if you can bring in new development then it could ameliorate our tax burden because the new development could bring in higher taxes now what you're telling me in terms of their their uh plans that's that is not going to help my tax burden whatsoever whereas if a private developer comes in and, t and buys this and takes it off their hands that is going to impact me and other taxpayers in a positive way because it's going to take this albatross off of the books then it's going to add some money to the coffers so then again i'm sure there are probably people who you know maybe wish they would have agreed to be on this show going no no that's not the way it goes well come on out on my show and tell me well, how it goes please do i want to hear your side of the story so that's the way i'm looking at it here is i'm seeing this is why are they doing this this doesn't make any sense um from a financial perspective and as somebody who pays taxes and his own property here in rock island for almost two decades um I want to see my property taxes lowered. I'm tired of them going up. And I want to see new, develop and new development in the city and in the county is going to be what's going to help that out. And turning it into a green space doesn't do that. Turning it into a new development does. And so if they were to come out and say, yeah, we've got somebody, whoever, you know, some major company that's going to come in and wants to buy it, but they want a fallow ground, they want us to level it then I could be on board with that. I, okay, fine. That's cool. You know, from a financial perspective, that makes sense. Or if they have, like you said, Joe Lemon is interested in buying it, that makes sense to me too. That takes it off of your hands. It's in his hands. All of a sudden, now it's his problem, honestly. You know, if it's that problematic, if it's that awful, if it's that difficult to renovate, sell it to him, make some money on it, and, you know, cut your losses. So, I don't know. I, I guess I just, in, in hearing that, I don't, I don't get the rationale. So, why don't you, from your perspective, explain that to me or anybody else out there listening in regard to this? Well, it, it's actually quite baffling and I will try to explain it, but it, it still is a, is a bit confusing to me as well why why we faced such such resistance with this. Um, Sheriff Bustos um, apparently has, has told the county board, but won't speak publicly about this, but has told the county board that um, he doesn't want that building to be privately owned um, because he's afraid that it is too close to the new courthouse and too close to, too close to the jail. Um, when you look at the actual numbers, um, it's not any closer than, for example, QC Pancake House is to circa 21 across the street. You know, it's, it's about that far um, in length. Um, but 
you know, they they want to. Um, they, they don't want it to be, you know, Restoration in St. Louis, actually, the, the people who over in Davenport did um, the Hotel Blackhawk and restored all of those um, buildings that have been really profitable for Davenport, they also have an offer in um, where they want to turn it into a uh, living space. Um, but, you know, they've said no, the county board has said no. It, they basically said they do not want it to be bought for private use, and that's that's really what we're running into. They don't want to give up the land. They want to be able to use that land to um, eventually build another county building with our tax dollars. So they're kind of, you know, I, I understand that they that they want to be able to have all these nice new buildings. It's just that we can't afford that. Rock Island County um, is really struggling, and as they said many times, people are moving out in droves, businesses are moving out in droves, and um, raising taxes isn't going to help the situation. We need to welcome investors. Um, you know, again, if, when it's leveled as green space, they're not going to offer it to developers. They're going to keep it for themselves and and build another new building, which is their plan. And the problem with that plan, I guess, is um, kind of, you know, th this whole thing was um, not quite legal, and that's why there's pending lawsuits. Um, you know, they How was it not quite legal? Because that's an incendiary statement, so I want you to specify in regard to it. Yes, absolutely, and that's been something that um, you know I've been chastised for. Um, well, I'm not chastising. I'm merely saying you need yeah. to clarify. When somebody says like, yeah. "Oh, this is illegal," I want you to clarify how is it illegal? Because I can't, t you know, if you just make a broad statement, if somebody says, "Oh, this is illegal," I want you to know well exactly because my listeners are going to go, well, "Wait, wait, 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 wait." She said it was illegal. How is it illegal? How I mean, an illegal meaning there are laws on the books where this goes against the con this is contrary to the laws that are currently on the books. So please explain, expound upon that. Yeah, and um, you know, there's been several articles that have addressed this um, in the news. Um, one of the things that makes it illegal is um, that there is uh, the, so the state historic preservation office um, in Illinois, Shippo, um, sent the county board a letter um, back in November um, because um, they it was made aware to them that the county never submitted the appropriate legal documents um, in order to demolish the courthouse, and since the courthouse is um, eligible for national landmark status. It's protected under um, state historic preservation laws. And so legally the county um, is, uh, is by law needs to look for adaptive reuse and can't just demolish it without um, showing a good faith effort to look for adaptive reuses. Um, the county, you know, has said we, we, we don't want it to be adaptively reused. We just want to demolish it. Um, and that's that's actually against the state historic preservation laws. You can't, you know, do that. Um, so SHPO um, has sent um, a letter to the county board and the public building commission saying that it is, um, uh, you know, that they have revoked their consent um, for demolition um, because it violates state law. And um, they've also... Um, Landmarks Illinois um, is going to sue them, um, is, is going to sue the county board um, because, uh, you know, the, the state's attorney and Judge Broad, who are both, you know, really big proponents of demolition, have said that they are going to move forward um, despite the fact that it uh, violates state law. And, and Judge Broad's quote was, um, the state has no authority here. Um, the state didn't really like to hear that. So um, that's why there's lawsuits pending. Um, it's it's a bit of a mystery to me why um, when we have multiple developers who want to put millions into millions of dollars worth of investment into our struggling community, why we would instead use our tax dollars um, to tear it down um, and give uh, Gilbane Construction another lucrative government contract um, for demolition and I mean and they're gonna they're gonna make a lot of money. Um, gutting the building, selling all the valuable marble, selling all the um, valuable historic resources, but um, you know, the taxpayers are going to lose because we're going to be paying them to do that when we we could be you know, giving it to investors who want to provide jobs, provide work for the unions, all of these things that would be great. Um, no, wait, 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 wait. Let's pause this for a second. Okay. You're telling me that, that the county would be paying a construction company to come in 
and gut the building and take any valuables from the building. Now, when they take the valuables from the building and they sell them, is that going to be going to the taxpayers? Is any any of this that's being sold? Because obviously, this is this is the stuff that if it can be sold and it can make some money. And taxpayer dollars went into building this building, then the taxpayers should benefit from the sale of the building as well as the sale of any um, ancillary valuables taken from that building. So you're telling me that that is not going to be the case? No, that's not the case. Um, un unfortunately, you know, we've we've asked that. Um, and you know, Gilbane Construction um, is going to be the beneficiaries of not only the money to demolish it, but everything that's in it. Um, and you know, it, it is well known that demolition is a a really great way to make a lot of money. Um, and it's you know not going to benefit the taxpayers at all. But I mean, it is going to benefit Gilbane Construction, which is kind of the problem because. Gilbane Construction also built the new overpriced courthouse, um, which if you go back to the county board minutes from 2016, which um, I read back the county board minutes for about two years because I kind of wanted to see how we got into this mess. Um, Gilbane Construction came in and said, we will build you a new courthouse um, for $300 a square foot, which is a little higher than average, but understandable because it's a courthouse. Um, yeah, I was just going to ask, how is that? I, I don't know a darn thing about how much it should cost or shouldn't cost. So did you do research into um, comparable buildings? Is that reasonable? Is that a reasonable cost? If, yeah, if they, had, um, if they had built it for $300 a square foot, I would have said, yes, that was reasonable. Um, what ended up happening, fast forward to, you know, 2018 is it actually cost us $608 a square foot. And why? Why is that? That's the big question. <laughs> I've been going to the meetings and asking, and they and they've asked me to stop talking about it. Um, I don't, uh, you know, uh, they apparently ran into some snags and um, couldn't give us the price they offered us. And we don't, know, you know, when we go around, we have our architects look and see what's special about it. Um, it's. Uh, it's it's really I mean not only did they promise us three hundred dollars a square foot and charge more than double um, they don't really have any reason why why it cost that much and so we kind of are wondering what you know what what happened why did it, you know we weren't even able to build a fourth floor because they ran out of money and that's why we were scrambling for you know we're, we're down two courtrooms and we um, didn't have a place for the recorder's office to go they had to move into the county administration building um, it was really quite a mess for a while because of really poor planning on Gilbane's part um, or I, I mean poor planning on somebody's part I, I would assume the construction management company would have the um, would have to take a lot of the blame on that one, but um, then we went and gave them a, a demolition contract too, which um, seems a little bit strange when they, you know, kind of wasted a lot of our money on the first project. How, how many bids were there? I know, isn't there, there has to be a minimum of three bids on something of this nature? Uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I thought that um, it's been a while since I've written about stuff like this. But it was my understanding, I, I believe it's at least three bids that have to come in, um, that have to be examined publicly because they are using public funds. And that has to be accessible to the public. You have to be able to see the bids and the details on it and everything else. Is that Has that been the case in regard to either of these projects? Um, well, that, that should be the case with government bodies. Um, but the kind of interesting thing, the way that Rock Island County works, um, they do they formed a PBC, a Public Building Commission, back in 1985 for the purpose of building a jail. Um, and so they did that because the county had poor credit ratings and wasn't able to get bonds at a very good interest rate. So they formed this new commission to get bonds at a better interest rate. So this commission um, has said that they don't have to follow that bid rule. They, um, you know, they were able to, there was one bid for demolition, um, and that was the one bid that they took because there wasn't any others that seems okay um how uh 
what was the reason for that? Was there any reason given? And again, this is this is a time when I wish I had, when I wish somebody would have accepted my invitation. And again, <clears throat> I guarantee there is somebody from you know the opposite side of what you're espousing listening to this at some point. So whoever you are, please do reach out to me. I would love to talk to you, and I would love to get your side of things because I would want these podcasts to complement one another to where our listeners can hear both sides of the story we want to get both sides of the story out there we want to get a complete picture so people can make up their minds based upon all available information that's why i invited people from both sides of this issue to come on the show bridget was the only one who accepted my invitation at this point but again the invitation is open there for anyone who is within the county board um someone who has who's privy to knowledge on the other side of this and can um, rebut any of your arguments or you know come up with a contrary can tell me why oh, there was only one bid or no there was more than one bid etc cetera, etc cetera. if you're if indeed your facts are incorrect then someone else can come on my show and say like no Bridget was wrong in regard to this this is and then people can kind of make up their own mind that's ideally what I want in regard to this so you're telling me there was only one bid was there a public posting okay that's what I was gonna say is there's got to be some there's got to be public record on all this because it's taxpayer funded so anything you have that is taxpayer funded it has to be open there has to be public record of it because we are we the people are paying for it that's the whole point in having an open government is because we're paying for it we got to see the receipt per se you know so that was the case there was only one one bid now was there a was there anything like any when you asked about that what was uh, the answer in terms of why that was the case um you know basically they say since the public building commission is um you know it's not the county board they don't have to necessarily follow the same types of rules um is the answer that we were given okay did you you know i'm assuming you guys have done research you have because you have lawyers on your side you have people who are looking at this from a legal perspective what are some of the things that you found that your attorneys have found that have run contrary to some of the public statements in regard to this matter um, you know, there's been several things. Um, one of them is the violation of the state um, historic preservation law, um, which is what Landmark Illinois is going to sue on. Um, but um, other lawsuits that have been brought up um, are the fact that, you know, we, in um, we took out bonds or the, the county took out bonds um, and those bonds were supposed to be for the construction of a new annex. Again, they can't call it um, a courthouse because the Public Building Commission doesn't have authority to build a courthouse. They have to call it an annex to the jail, the Justice Center. Um, they um, had to um, basically um, use, you know, kind of circumvent um, the the law that you have to have a referendum to build a new building and the way that they circumvented the law was to have the public building commission build this new courthouse um, and I mean if you look back they I, it really was kind of an emergency situation in that um, the judge was threatening to sue the county board if they didn't um, either fix up the old courthouse or build them a new one because they had been deferring maintenance and it did need upgrades um, that's where this all kind of came from I mean they're the the current courthouse needs updating and um, the county board wasn't doing it wasn't allocating funds towards it because we were in such a dire financial state they did they just didn't have the money to do that and so it just always kept getting left off and then we get to this emergency situation where the board is going to be sued and so they kind of had to come up with this committee to figure out what they were going to do with the situation and you know this committee was comprised of people that wanted to make money on it you know and so to now how could they make money on it again that's a broad statement and again i'm, I'm always i'm going to challenge you on anything that's that's ambiguous because i want you to provide detail on it sure i mean the best way uh they 
they chose the most expensive option, which is building new, and that's the way to get the most contracts, you know, buy the most materials, have spend the most money, um, you know, basically that was chosen over um, renovating the courthouse, which would have been significantly less expensive. Um, when you look back at county board minutes, um, several of the things that were offered were from, um, you know, and the people that disclosed this, they said, I do have a conflict of interest, but, um, you know, I could make some money on this, but I do think we really need a new courthouse. Um, How could they make money? Do they Are they shareholders in the company? Do they own part of the companies that would benefit from this? Are any of them uh, tied in with the construction companies or anything like that? How is how would that take place? And I under, yeah, obviously, you know, if there's, if somebody, oh, my brother owns this, you know, company or whatever, then yeah, it's a very obvious conflict of interest. So how was that, how did those intersections play out? I mean, there's been various proposals. One of the proposals years and years ago was to build a $128 million new, um, you know, administration building, courthouse, all this whole complex on that land, um, on, on land that a local businessman was going to sell um, to the county. Um, they put that actually on the, you know, ballot, and the voters turned it down and said, no, we won't build that, we won't fund that. Um, so then the next, the next proposal um, was that Gilbane Construction looked at. So Gil Gilbane Construction came up with, um, you know, this this proposal for the county board and presented it to the county board in 2016 that said we could build you a new building, um, or, you know, we could renovate it, but, you know, you really need a new building because that old one is, you know, it's just decrepit. Uh, you know, they'd obviously make a lot more money if you built a new building. And, um, you know... Denigrating the old building goes towards their overall goal of making more money. Mm. Um, and I, I mean, I really too, truly believe that, you know, some of the people on the county board, since they were presented with biased information that I don't think they realized was biased information, um, you know, they really did think that the, you know, the, the courthouse is just beyond repair and, um, you know, that. It's, it's just not true. If you look at all the estimates, um, none of the estimates say that the courthouse is beyond repair. None of them say that it should be demolished. Um, the only argument for demolishing the building from the county board has been that, well, we can't afford two buildings, and we already built this other one, so we need to tear down this one. And, and they originally, I, I truly do think they originally did not believe that anybody would buy the building um, because it, it does go towards the deeply entrenched, you know, society, um, throwaway society that we have, basically. And, you know, well, it's old, and, you know, let's just tear it down. Um, but then when, you know, we did find developers, it became, you know, that's when you start to realize something else is going on because they still refuse to step away from the idea that, um, you know, demolishing it was the right thing to do when it didn't make sense financially at all. I mean, it didn't make sense democratically either because we never voted to build a new courthouse and we never voted to demolish it. Um, so, I mean, it, it, there's there's not really any ways that it makes sense unless, I mean, unless you're Gilbane Construction or a friend of Gilbane Construction, um, that's, you know, you you serve to make some money off of it. Um, but other than that, the taxpayers are going to lose. Yeah, I, do, I guess I don't understand the reason for not... If you do have somebody who's serious... And I, and I want to pursue this. And again, I know you know maybe some people listening, especially people who are um, kind of like, I don't want to say side, but like the people who are in the preservation side of things might be going, man, he's really questioning her and blah, blah, blah. But I have to do that because this is something people need to listen to they need if people are listening to this they need to get the full picture of it the only way that they're going to make an educated um have an educated opinion in regard to it is if everything is thoroughly questioned and that's why i wanted to have both sides on here is so that both of you could tell you know people well, this is my side, and this is my opinion. This is these are the facts, et cetera, et cetera. And so, whenever I'm questioning anything you say or ask you to be more specific in regard to it, I want it because I want people to have those details, and so that they can make up their mind based upon facts, based upon you know what we have in terms of the details of the situation. Um, to me, this it's just 
it does seem seem odd. It doesn't seem to make any sense. I mean, I can see the rationale for building a new building, certainly. Um, but then if you have this old building and somebody is offering to pay you money for it, I don't, I don't see the rationale for not selling it. I mean, me, I would have, if I were on the county board, I would have been cool with building the new building. That's fine. We'll build a new building. Then we don't have to worry about any issues in terms of renovation or if there's, if it becomes more difficult because of asbestos or lead or whatever, and all of a sudden we're in a morass and it's a money pit. We're like, oh, Jesus, I wish we would have just built the new building. I can totally understand that rationale if I'm a county board member. Um, but having built the new building, I don't understand the rationale of not selling it because that's boom. We sell it and we make money and we get that out from, you know, that albatross from around our neck. Now it's somebody else's problem. Yes, so if it does turn out to be a money pit, it's not on it's not on the county. So I guess I just don't get that. I don't get the not wanting to sell it. How solid, and I suppose that's my question, is how solid are these proposals? Is this a lot of like just talk of like, oh yeah, we'd like to do this and blah, 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 blah. Or are there solid proposals on the table with actual numbers and you can look at they've got the funding, they've got everything set up so that they could come in and buy it? Or is this just kind of a pie in the sky? Hey, we'd really like to do that kind of thing. How solid are these proposals? How solid are these offers to buy this? Because that's the only argument I can think of for not selling it is these aren't realistic proposals. These are just pie in the sky ideas. And I've heard that from some people. That's just a whole lot of like, you know, yeah, it's ideal. Uh, that would be great if they did it, but they don't have. It's not realistic. How realistic is it? Does Joe have the back, the financial backing? Can he prove through? He's got bankers, he's got investors, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Hey, look, I've got this person, this person, this person. You mentioned St. Louis Restoration. Restoration Society. Do they have that kind of financial backing? Can they come in with financial records to the county and say we've got X amount of millions of dollars, and here it is, it's backed, it's realistic? Can they can they do that? Can either of these developers or any other developers? that are interested in buying the building come in with a rock-solid proposal and say, we want to buy it for this. And if so, then you've got a very advantageous situation to the county where you've got multiple people interested in the property, and then you have a bidding war, more or less. So do uh, you tell me, how, how solid are these proposals? That's a really good question, and I, I think that is something that people are having a hard time um, you know, wrapping their minds around that um, that somebody would want a historical building, would want to pay, you know, money for it and would have the millions for it. Um, but like I said before, it, it is actually a profitable thing to do historical re restoration um, because there's federal money available, there's state tax credits available, and there's grants. Um, it's so profitable, in fact, that over... 50% of restoration costs can often be covered through these things. Um, so, you know, a $10 million project could be less than $5 million. That's why um, Restoration St. Louis, for example, they um, restored the um, Hotel Blackhawk, the current hotel in Iowa, and a bunch of lofts. They, the market lofts, um, they, they've made a lot of money. That's how they make their money is by restoring these things. Um, and both of those are fan look fantastic. Fantastic. And that, I, yeah, that's the company that's done that. That would be cool to have them come over here and do something because the current is beautiful. And the Hotel Blackhawk, they've done a fantastic job on it as well. Absolutely. Um, you know, it, it is something that, you know, investors um, do because it's profitable. Um, and because when you restore something that has, um, you know, that was built to last centuries, you get something better than new because, you know, it costs you less to renovate it. You get tax credits to renovate it. And it'll last much longer because, you know, it was built with real materials, real stone instead of a stone veneer and, you know, so on and so forth. Um, Joe Lemon, too, obviously, um, just like Restoration St. Louis, has um, a really great history with our community with restoring the Abbey Station, restoring um, the Abbey Addiction Treatment Center, um, which is the leading addiction treatment center in the country. Um, he's, you know, he has the resources um, absolutely to do this financially. He has the resources. And then he also just has the knowledge having done this and having made money doing this. Um, you know, and that is the perplexing thing is that he has been trying, he, he, 
he absolutely wants to, um, you know, put this building on the tax rolls and make money for Rock Island County and, it, you know, turning away millions of dollars. Um, it, it, I don't know. It, it seems a little bit crazy. Well, yeah. You, okay. You mentioned they both have great track records. Have they presented, have they given a presentation that shows in black and white, this is the financing we've got. This is the proposal we have so that there is no, it's, there's no ambiguity so that it's not just, Hey, we have a great track record and we'd like to do this. I mean, to me, that seems flimsy. That's, I'm not, you know, I'm just, I'm not saying they can't do it, but if somebody comes to me and says like, Oh yeah, you know, I've got a great track record and we'd like to do this. It's a lot different than if somebody comes to me and says, we have a great track record, we track record, we'd like to do this. And also here's the proposal. Boom. Here it is all laid out. Here's where our financing is going to come from. Here's how much we believe it's going to cost. Here's what we're going to pay you in dollars and cents, in black and white. It's all here for you to take a look at. Here's our offer. Please consider it. Big difference. You tell me, is that, is, has, that, has that occurred? How they, do they have it right there, an offer or something that's tangible and realistic that we can say, wow, this, this is head-scratching as to why they wouldn't, as opposed to just kind of an idea? Yeah. So is there something tangible in regard to an offer or something from either of these places? That's a really good question, Sean, um, because that is something that the county board, obviously, it has been asking for, and, um, and we do have that. Um, it is, uh, there's five actual tangible offers, um, and the two that I'm discussing today are the ones that, in my opinion, have the best track record. Um, and Are those on file? Can people look at those? Can, is there any way for people to see those online or whether to go and take a look at what these offers entail? Because it should be a public record if it's, being, if it's a public bid. Oh, the funny thing about that is, yes, there's five of them. I, I can get you a copy of them if you want me to send you a copy of them, but the county board, since they voted in July to tear down the courthouse, they have refused to put it on the agenda since then. They have not, even though we have presented those offers to them, um, it's only been in public comments that they've allowed it. They haven't allowed it to be on the agenda. They haven't allowed any... Um, they basically said it's a done deal. You came too late. Um, we uh, we voted in July, and these offers were presented um, maybe in November because um, you know we it it wasn't we went out and solicited investors and um, you know they took their time to compose their offers. Joe's proposal is based on um, you know the offers that he looked or the the estimates for restoration um, that. You know, he looked at it on the county board website that are public record, and so he has come up with a plan. He has the numbers out there, how much it would cost based on you know all the research that he's done. Um, and one of the thing that the county board members keep saying, which I find a little bit offensive, is they keep saying, "Well, show show me the money." In terms of they not only want them to say, like Joe has said, you know, it'll cost between eight and ten million dollars, and he's laid out you know where he's getting the money, how much money he's going to get back from the state, and all of these. It's going to be a profitable thing for him. Too, um, but he has the money up front. He's going to get some of it back in rebates. Um, he's laid out how he will do it, and you know, and all of that. He ha he has the funding. I'm sure if they wanted to do bank records or whatever, they would he would give that too. But uh, see, no, I agree with the county board member who's saying show me the money. I'm I'm the same way. I would if I was on the county board, I would say show me the money too. I want to see things in black and white, so I can completely see that that's reasonable. But I that's my question is have they done so? And if they have done so, then and then all of a sudden it falls back on well then what's the what's the rub you know I totally would be for like showing me the money show me how you do that and that's why I asked the question because that makes a big difference because if it is if he is showing you the money and if he is like saying yeah I'm gonna pay this much etc cetera, etc cetera, and here it is boom then that changes the course of this argument in terms of well there's these are just pie in the sky ideas we can't go with that we got a tangible offer to demolish these are all just like pipe dreams as opposed to, well, no, we have a tangible offer to demolish and here's what this is. And we have a tangible offer for renovation and that's what this is. And so then you can look at it and take a look at both sets of, you know, offers and make a reasonable decision. That's going to be fiscally advantageous, most fiscally advantageous to the County. 
Um, yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but I had to interject that. No, absolutely. Um, and I, I, I think it was is very responsible to, you know, obviously ask for a proposal, look at what the proposal is. That um, I completely understand. The what's been asked in addition to, I mean, so this is basically where you know where you buy something for a dollar and then put money into it. You know, both of the proposals um, haven't mentioned a price like saying I would buy it for this much. Um, the, the county board has also said it's not for sale. They haven't they haven't set a price. They haven't you know they haven't asked either of the developers how much they would pay for it. Um, and so I don't know how much they would pay for it. They, that's not in the offer. They're, you know the investors aren't going to say I'll pay you a million dollars for it when they don't even know what the county the county board has said. No, it's not for sale. Basically, um, so yes, they have in terms of the the plans in place and how they're going to pay for restorations, uh, both of the offers include that. Neither one of the offers includes a price um, because the county board has said, no, we don't want your proposal and we don't want you to buy it. Um, and, you know, citing concerns with security, basically. They, they think it needs to be a, a green space. Um, and then what I, what I say... What are the concerns about, about security in regard to that? Oh, um, Judge... Uh, Broad is concerned that somebody's going to stand on top of the building with a sniper gun, you know, shoot through the glass windows of the new courthouse. Um, that it's a security risk for that reason. That it's too close to the jail. Um, you know, neither of those things um, are things that they would that they have said publicly. But the county board members, when I when we question them, that those are the things they tell us that they we can't possibly bring it over to, um, you know, to private use for those reasons which which I think is, is nonsense because then why did they build that building there you know and then have this this resource then that they're going to tear down um, I mean they were the ones who chose to build the brand new building right behind it um, and again legally there's no you know it's it's not that close to where it's not legally um, a problem it, it, it's it's more of a, a thing that they want they want to keep the land, and they want to eventually build something else on it. Um, and they don't, they don't like that current building, and it, it doesn't make them quite as much money to, um, you know, to renovate it as, it as it would to tear it down and build new again. Um, taxpayers are, are really the ones that are, you know, kind of funding um, the, the county some top county officials um, aspirations to have these great brand new buildings it's just we, we can't afford that and um, you know our, our county officials need to be a little bit more fiscally responsible with our money I mean I do understand that they don't want to give up the building but that's it, it is illegal to tear it down without looking at adaptive reuse of it so um, you know that unfortunately they got themselves into a corner where they they legally can't tear the building down if they tore the building down um, you know a lawsuit would follow and the taxpayers would be responsible for the repercussions because we're, our insurance is self-funded so any repercussions of lawsuits would would be back on our shoulders um, at this point I think it, it, it has a little bit more to do with with egos at this point too. I mean, Judge Broad really, it, it, he's said in all of his articles that you know this has been the fight of his life, and he 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 wants this new building, and he doesn't want the old building, the old ugly building, blocking his new building, blocking his Riverview. I mean, these are things that he said publicly. Mm -hmm. um, so it's. It's not in the best interest of the taxpayers to tear it down, but, you know, Judge Broad sent a letter to the county board last year and said, you know, we need to tear this down, and and the county board um, has agreed with that statement for a variety of reasons that are a bit baffling when you're looking at it from a taxpayer point of view. Okay, um, another thing I thought about in regard to this is, um, I don't know whether this has come up, um, one of the big concerns um, it, about downtown Rock Island, one of, the, one of the problems of downtown Rock Island is the fact that there are so many buildings that are in private hands, and a lot of the people who own them keep them vacant for tax reasons, because it's advantageous from a tax perspective. It's much more advantageous for a tax, from a tax perspective for them to take a loss on it, and so you've got these buildings in downtown 
downtown Rock Island that are in great spaces that could be renovated, that could bring businesses in, that could bring taxes and tax revenue into the city, but instead the private owners are not developing them. And we've seen this for decades. These buildings have been sitting there. I mean, I know people who have wanted to... Sean Moeller from Day Trotter. They wanted to move some. They wanted to come downtown and move into their couple buildings they were looking at, but they were having problems in terms of getting the private ownership to release the buildings for a reasonable price. Like there was one building where they wanted to buy it, and they wanted. I mean, it was like over a million dollars for this ridiculous. Like the building is in horrible shape. There's no way that they should be charging anywhere near that. But they wanted to because that way they get to hold on to it and hold on to their, you know, to hold on to their tax break. Now, I can see if I'm on the county board, you don't want to fall into a situation like that again, where you have all of a sudden the buildings in in uh, the hands of a um, private investor and then you say things don't go well and within a year it closes down and then you've got yet another open building that's sitting down here that they can't do anything about because they don't have any influence on it because it's privately owned and it's just sitting there taking up space that could be used for a business. Is there any way of um, writing a con- writing a contract up legally or any sort of legal recourse in regard to making sure that that isn't the case? That if the building is fallow for a certain amount of time, then, like, say Joe buys it. He has it open for a year, things don't work out, and it goes out of business. Is there any way of the county saying, okay, well, that didn't work. Now you have to sell it back to us for X amount of dollars, which is considerably less than you know, what they paid or whatever, something of that nature, so that they don't end up with that sort of albatross of yet another vacant building in downtown Rock Island. Again, just kind of thinking about these things and thinking about the big picture of things, has that even has that come up as a consideration in terms of it? That's a really good question. Um, and I actually um, saw uh, board member Kai Swanson make a post similar to that um, What in using the same language you said. Um, he's worried that it is going to become, you know, another albatross, an empty mm-hmm. building, in in um, downtown Rock Island, um, and I I do think that maybe you know maybe people think that that's a real concern, and um, I I think that you know if you look at you know Joe Lemon's building his investments, that's you know that's not something that's ever happened, but that doesn't mean that um, it wouldn't happen again. So I think it's a good question to you know to ask. I, I would assume that the county board, if they were going to make a, a deal, that they would have to be careful about that, and they would have to say, you know, this is in close proximity to, um, you know, these buildings. We don't want it sit the jail and the mm-hmm. courthouse. We don't want it sitting there vacant. So if it, you know, I, I would think that that's something that they could work into it, that, um, you know, I, I do think that, you know, they are trying to cover, legally they're trying to cover themselves and trying to make the liability as as less as little as possible. And tearing down the building, just I think in their minds, it releases them from all liability, from any pot- potential problems that could arise. And, you know, and they've been dealing with this issue for years and they just kind of want to be done with it. Um, the problem is that, you know, when they, when they built that other building by it with taxpayer funds, um, you know, that was kind of their mistake. If they think that, you know, it's too close, it's, you know, not really our problem. It's still illegal to tear it down and you're, you're going to have to look at adaptive reuses. That's, these laws were made, um, to prevent short-sighted decisions like these. And, you know, we have to follow the law. And that's where we find ourselves right now, is this at this impasse. Um, I thank you for coming on the show and talking about this. Is there anything else that we have not covered that you think is important for people to know from your perspective? And again, the invitation is out there for someone from the other side from the county board to come on this show. And I really hope they do, because I want to get both sides so that we can put both of these podcasts out there and people can listen to both sides and then make up their mind based upon this. Now, is there anything that you want to add so that, that you think it's important for people to know who are looking at things from the perspective of preservation? 
what do taxpayers, what do people listening to this podcast need to take away? Whether you want to sum up what you've already talked about or if there's something else that we haven't, that me and my ignorance have not asked you, you know, and I don't claim to be an expert on this. I'm just, you know, what have I not asked you that I should have asked you or what, what, what should we have talked about that we haven't up to this point? I think you've been really thorough in asking questions. Um, I guess, you know, the main thing is that I, I'm not just coming at this as a preservationist. I really am coming at this as a citizen who loves Rock Island and wants to see, you know, see it grow, see investors move in here. I think, you know, we have a great, great location. We're on the river. Um, you know, we're not Moline. We don't have, you know, John Deere Road with the big box stores, and we don't have the endless cornfields over in Bettendorf, but what we do have is all these beautiful historic resources in downtown, and um, we need to be capitalizing on them. And, um, you know, I visit Galena a lot because it's a really good um, example of a town, a, another river town that capitalized on their historic resources. Um, you know, and the streets are just packed. Every time you go there, you know, everybody's there because they, you know, they want to be in a river town with beautiful little shops and, um, you know, uh, the, a town that really respects its history. And, and we, we have the ability to capitalize on those resources that we have. Rock Island isn't, you know, it isn't a dying city in my opinion. I think it's a city that's rebuilding itself and I think we need to use those historic resources to rebuild. And and I do I, I do also want, you know, people to know that I I understand where, you know, where we came how we got to this decision. I read through all the county board minutes and I know that we were in a really rough spot and, you know, the county board members were just trying to do what they thought was best. Um, what I, you know, what I've learned is that they were presented with very biased information. If you look at the actual estimates, that's not what was presented to the county board. The county board had biased information presented to them by people who could gain financially and I think they thought they were making the best decisions when they made them but you know we have new information now we have investors um, there's really no reason not to take advantage um, of of those investors and, and help rebuild our city with our historic resources awesome Bridget Ehrman thank you so much for being my guest here on QCN Cut I know this is I've learned a lot today by listening to you and I hope that our uh, you know listeners have as well so thank you so much for appearing on the show is there anything else that you'd like to add before we sign off no I don't think so I don't think so thank you for having me on the show Awesome. Thank you so much. Once again, this has been um, QC Uncut. I've been talking to Bridget Ehrman about the Rock Island County Courthouse and the situation in regard to that. Um, again, we find ourselves at an impasse. There are a number of people who um, are on the preservation side of things, and that's you know the side that we've talked about today. There are a number of people who are on the side of demolishing, and I'm hoping that we have guests on the show from the county board or people that are on that side so we can get both perspectives in regard to the situation and our listeners can get both sides. So that's what we're here for on QC Uncut. Uncut, unedited, uncensored conversation with local newsmakers to give you the whole picture, the full picture, as much as we can on local issues so you can listen and become more educated on things and make up your mind based upon all the information presented. So once again, Bridget, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being on the show and taking time out of your day. And thank you for listening, as always, to QC Uncut, the number one rated podcast in the Quad Cities, hosted by me, Sean Leary, giving you unedited, uncensored conversation with local newsmakers. Thank you so much for tuning in, and have a great day.